0: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: ES Audio. From
0: the
2: Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. For this special edition of the show, I'm at the Evening Standard Art Prize being announced at Cromwell Place. It's the first time we've held this event since 2018, and we're doing it in association with Addition de Parfum, Frédéric Malle. And Frédéric will be joining us a little later to talk about his own art collection and the true value of art to him. We'll also have a word with our editor-in-chief, Dylan Jones, the CEO and creative director of Cromwell Place, Helen Nisbet, and of course, the winner, who right now doesn't know who they are. Let's have a look inside.
3: It's really, really exciting. There's some really wonderful, fresh original work here. Seriously exciting.
1: Can you
2: just describe that to me for for our listeners?
1: I don't know. It's an extraordinary, like, double-layered piece with a beautiful poem in French at the front. And then Google, it seems, the artist is after translate. And then I think she's made her own edits to Google's edits. It's beautiful though, it's multi-layered and it's really original.
2: Stunning. It's like a real mix of artwork. Yeah, it's very diverse. Describe this to me. All I can see at the moment is boxes with various items inside. It looks quite chaotic. Why is that appealing to you? Are you chaotic yourself? Maybe, (laughs) maybe. Yeah, maybe that's the side that I try to hide in a box. There are 12 shortlisted artists on display here, picked from hundreds, and I do mean hundreds of entrants. It was an open call for those who haven't had a solo exhibition in a public institution, which means lots of brand new names. Top prize is £5,000, but for the standard, it's about
4: supporting and highlighting art and culture. Editor-in-Chief Dylan Jones is here. What about you, Dylan? It's brilliant, and it's fantastic to walk into a room like this where there is so much enthusiasm, there is so much talent, And also to have the ability to be able to give back to the the artistic community, particularly people at this stage of their careers, is wonderful. And uh, the Evening Standards relationship with art and culture in London is obviously very deep and very historic. And it's something that it is very important to continue. Because London is the most culturally rich, most culturally diverse city in the world. Culture in this city is better than it is anywhere else. That's just a fact. I mean, that's not my opinion. That's a fact. We're better than New York, better than Beijing, literally better than anywhere.
2: OK, I've been offered a quieter room for a quick word with Frederic Mal, the perfume publisher who is supporting the prize and is one of the judges. Let's just close this door. Why did you want to to support this event? What was it that made you think, I I, I want to back this and get behind it?
5: Although I've been collecting art uh, since a quite young age, I've never been in in this position. And I was actually curious a little bit about myself. I was a bit frightened and maybe I felt a little bit unworthy of this thing. And because who am I to say what's good and not good? and on the other hand I was interested in in the conversation.
2: Was it important to you that it was, I I guess, new artists, that there was an open call for these entrants rather than people whose work you would have been familiar with?
5: Yes, I I think one of the great difficulties today is there's so much art but then it's become quite expensive and it's a big market and it's staged And so we are really always conditioned. The more you know, the more you're conditioned and the more difficult it is. In one hand, it's you know more, so you have your sensibility is probably stronger, but yet you're not as neutral as you should be. So um, that's one of the things that sort of drew me towards this sort of younger artist, is that they haven't been staged. They are sort of in their pure form. So you're not influenced by anything. You're not influenced by one of the big galleries or a museum or, or retrospective, or an accrochage of any kind.
2: I guess is it a more pure way of looking at art then, without that expectation coming in there, completely clean. You've never heard of this artist. You don't know their life. You don't know what the, the to expect mm. from this. Is that a new way of looking at art for you?
5: I think it should be the only way to look at art. I think it's. Uh, I think the, the the discourse is sometimes important, but I think art has to generate this. Vibe this uh, energy, um, and sometimes it does sometimes it doesn 't. I am lucky enough to live with art that has been elevating me for years, and art gives you that or doesn 't, and art stands the test of time or doesn 't. What I was interested in is finding this in this kind of speed dating that, that the Evening Standard organized. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: one way of, <laughs> of describing how that was. Um, did, did you, you, obviously, you have a, a considerable art collection. You've been collecting for a long time, as you considerable. said. Well, it, it's It's more than a lot of people may have had. Yeah, you, you began when you were, you
5: were young. What was yeah. the first
2: thing you, you bought? Do you remember?
5: I suppose that officially the, the, the one thing that I bought the f- first time was, was a, um, a print by Barcelo in 1983 I think or 84 and I bought it from Yvon Lambert and I was just on my first job and so I paid in like four or five installments I remember yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that <laughs> Yeah, of course I mean good galleries did this but the art that you have. You patient.
2: <laughs> the art that, that you have and that you, you have collected, is the value of that in the price that you paid for it? Is it an investment for
5: you or is it in the art itself? I hate to see it as an investment. And I'm not very good at that, although I've been lucky. And I always buy it because I like it, mm. never because it's an, an investment. It's, I think it's very difficult to buy art for the right reason, to be freed from buying art because you saw it as a child and you want to reconquer the moment, freed from trying to make an investment because you think you know, like a good stock at, in Wall Street, it's going to go up, uh, f- free from all of that. I think you should buy art because you want to wake up in the morning and see it. It's a bit like people. Uh, sometimes you want to be with them sometimes you don't it's not because they are they have a big career that you want to see them
4: and I'm delighted to announce that the winner of this year's Evening Standard Art Prize in association with Frederick Mao is
2: well obviously I'm going to go the ad break here it's a real suspense come back after these ads for an interview with the winner and also Helen Lisbeth the CEO and Artistic Director of Cromwell Place
0: Wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
2: Thanks for coming back. That was a bit mean. The winner was Amanda Doni Samuels, whose work, 3,049 calls, 19,401 minutes, was made from 81 paper phone bills collected from her grandmother's house in St. Lucia. After the announcement, I caught up with her, along with Helen Nisbet, the boss of Cromwell Place, and one of the judges. You've just won. How does that feel?
1: Really and truly wasn't expecting it. I don't know. It's, um, it's just a really lovely experience that I've like, come into here. So really and truly grateful at the same time. I just, um, I don't know, trying to come into t- coming to terms with it all. And it's, I don't know, I'm kind of lost for words at the moment.
2: If you could, for the listeners, just describe your artwork.
1: It is comprised of 81 sheets of A4 paper, which are telephone bills from my grandmother's house that she collected over a period of around 20 years. So from when she first actually moved back to St. Lucia from England until 2015. It itemizes all the her monthly calls, down to the number, the amount of minutes, the cost, and just kind of putting it all into a large kind of tapestry uh, format so that it's all visible, that kind of... History of her like connection with kind of communication and her connection with us uh, four thousand miles away in England.
2: That's incredibly personal. You must have been nervous at least putting it together and then putting it out there for others to judge.
1: Yeah, I think especially in the way I created it, I kind of went to Saint Nisha with my mum and we were helping clear out her house, and um, I kind of felt like I'm not going to get these these pieces of paper ever again like It's this documentation of an existence and I don't want to just get rid of it also so suddenly so bringing it back to my house kind of bringing it back over that 4,000 mile journey and then sewing it together in my room in a really personal space it felt like really really that's felt like in a little bubble almost but now to bring it out onto this kind of big stage it kind of feels like I'm putting this story out to like everyone.
2: Helen, you're looking very relaxed over there. Mm-hmm. Get forward, <laughs> come back. <laughs> Why this one? Because the, the standard was incredible, wasn't it? What made this one give it that little extra
3: 1%? Essentially, we were looking at a theme of self-portraiture, which is very common art historical reference point. And so, as judges, we were all thinking about a work that, showed us something that we hadn't seen before. How do you represent yourself in a way that is thoughtful, unique, uh, inspiring? And so I think this work blew us all away. And also, for me, well, you know, I guess contemporary art is over 100 years old. People have been working with fine materials for a long time, but there's something about the tactile held quality of these objects that you'd collated that felt deeply, you say it's personal for you, I feel like it it felt personal to us too. We could almost imagine someone else holding those documents. And there's something I think we all understand, which is the story of a life through the pieces of administration that we hold. And uh, it really touched on that, so it felt both absolutely about the artist and her family but then also more universal something that we very much could uh, feel for ourselves in a kind of different context
2: what do you think about tonight because down there are artists those people and there's a lot of people down there have never seen before never heard of and everybody's enjoying it. Everybody's loving this fresh, new art that's come out there. And I guess that's what someone like Cromwell Place is for.
3: Something that's always been important to me in my career is is really thinking about, how do we support artists to make new work? And it's from the very beginning of a career to the end of a career. And it's important to consider that question at the start, as it is in the middle, or the kind of, you know, five years in, 10 years in, 20 years in, Artists will always need that support and that recognition, someone paying attention, someone really listening. And so an open call like this, where we're really just going on, what does the work look like, what's the idea, is quite thrilling.
2: Well, you now have an award-winning artist right in front of you, conjured up this evening. (laughs) What's next for them?
3: It's interesting now because I was just saying it, it was, an unusual context not to have a CV in front of me but to really just think about the work I think when you do consider an artist's CV you often do look at the prizes they've won, the accolades they've, they've gotten so it does, it does shift things and I think we also live in a world where moments like this are increasingly significant so I feel like it's an exciting jumping point
1: For the future I think just figuring out how my practice will develop from this point onwards is something that key for me and um not putting too much pressure on like forcing it in one particular direction but more just like allowing it to develop in its own time like at its own pace
2: but will you take tonight just on? To fun
1: now yes <laughs> i kind of walked in i was really nervous for some reason because i was like oh there is going to be a winner tonight and then and now it's me i'm like oh uh, <laughs> surprising shocked happy yeah all of the above <laughs>
2: And that's the leader. If you want to see a man's winning work and those of the 11 other shortlisted entrants, they're on display at Cromwell Place, but only until Sunday, 10th of September. So not long. This podcast will be back on Monday. Hit your follow button so you don't miss it. And we'll see you then.